0: Oh,
1: what's going to say? Pretty good. back to Maiden A to Z. My name is Eric. That's right. And Jonathan is also here and three amigos today. So welcome. Henrik is here as well. And today we're going to talk about, uh, we have, uh, Oh, let's see, first up, uh, we're going to, for the first time ever, we're going to uh, pay a visit to the very first album. That's right. I've been kind of looking forward to that. In in Periods it has been my favorite Iron Maiden record, actually. The very Mm -hmm. first one. I think it's an excellent set of songs. Pretty good sequencing, too. Not as good as Seven Sun, but still, I think I like the album flow. I think it flows well, but also, I mean, it's not as even in the quality as Seven Sun or Peace of Mind. What do you think? What do you think about that? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, y- you can tell they're pretty young when they made
2: this one, and, a lot of, you, know, there's, and the, you know, if you look at their set list today, there's only if I if I'm correct. There's only really one song from there that sort of has endured the ages, and sort of they still play regularly. Uh, if I'm correct there, but it's it's still yes, like I said, it's a good collection of songs. Um, yeah. Uh, p- production wise, I mean, a lot of people complain about that. I kind of like it uh, because it kind of has a special feel to it. But obviously, you know, Killers sounded you know way it and a lot better. So,
1: but I think I like the way they trade off each other. You know. because Killers yeah. has a different type of quality. That it doesn't have an epic like Phantom of the Opera. Uh, you know That's true. Uh, and it's kind of like uh, the first album a representation of the band, and only the band. It was produced by this Will Malone guy, and I, I don't think he was even involved in in hard rock.
2: No, I don't think he was. He was barely involved in this, from what I gather, so... Uh... No,
0: he was just sitting there, apparently, reading Country Life, the
1: magazine. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, Country Life. <laughs> yeah. And I remember I saw his the, the cover art for his own record. And it looked very kind of, uh, supposedly it sounded uh, like that too, like psychedelic yeah. uh, 60s, 70s. I didn't check it out, but I kind of like that stuff. So I guess I should. Mm. But I just figured it makes sense. You know, Will Malone seemed to me like this lazy stoner Brit. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I have no mm. clue what his, what his smoking habits were, but I think he may have been, you know, slightly zoned out for this production.
0: Yeah. I mean, the, uh, Steve has mentioned when it comes to the album that. It, it all got done thanks to the engineer, uh, Martin Levan, or whatever his name is. Mm-hmm. Uh, because he was a really good engineer and knew how to you know, use place microphones and stuff and actually record something while the other guy was just sitting there yeah. with his feet
1: on the desk, basically. Because it sounds well-recorded, and you have to think about that like we talked about in Burning Ambition, that the band had been around for five years. Mm-hmm. I mean, albeit with tons of lineup changes. So Clive was new, you said he was really fresh at yeah. this, recording this. So, you know, props to Clive, because it sounds really like a tight unit. It's pretty much a live recorded mm. album. And I think uh, you can hear that it's well mic'd, to your point, Eric, that it's quite well mic but maybe they skipped, you know, the flares, the little yeah. touches, delays, and small touches that Birch would have done.
2: Actually, I just want to point out, just so, uh, while we're recording this, it's uh, a, the day after what would have been his birthday,
1: correct? Yeah, Clive's. Yeah. Would have been so his have, 64th. Have,
2: have birthday to Clive.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. a perfect Clive. What a good drummer, though. What a yeah, oh yeah, killer drummer. Like uh, mm-hmm. now, I don't really recall the beat in uh, Charlotte the Harlot. Uh, it's kind of standard punk beat, or what would you no, say? No, it's it? it's,
0: re- it's a really busy drum beat in that song. I mean, it's because there's loads of stops and stuff in the riff. It's quite straightforward. Then you get to all these retakes, and it's it's his typical very quick hi hat groove. You know.
1: Yeah, what I think about instantly is that he's pretty soft on the hi hat in this one, which sounds yeah. pretty good. He's not uh, overly bashing it, even though it's quite a punky energy.
0: Yeah, but he's always quite soft on the hi hat in my, in my, in my impression. No, in my impression <laughs> is my my impression is that he's always quite soft on the hi hat because he's got that kind of jazzy touch to that when he get where he yeah. gets the speed from.
1: Solid gold as a studio engineer, you know, because it's always mm. the same problem with uh, hard yeah. rock drummers, that the hi-hat is like, they're playing mostly hi-hat, and then mm. a little bit of drums. you know. And Clyde especially
0: that. plays a lot of hi-hat. so
1: Yeah, but still, when you play that soft, uh, you don't get that ill balance that is so common, really. I mean, everyone that's mm. tried to record a hard rock band, including if you've even been in a hard rock band, you've probably had this problem, like, shit, the hi-hat is, is everywhere, because it's a crazy instrument. You know, Definitely.
0: Then, but I've also been in studios where the engineers are very adamant about micing the hi hat alone separately. And I don't yeah. know why, because it bleeds into everything.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was I was scolded once by a mixing engineer because I didn't do that. Like, mm. why didn't you mic the hi-hat? And I was like, it's everywhere.
0: <laughs> yeah. Apparently, you know,
1: they, they want to be able to uh, to control the character of it, I guess. It sounds uh, good here. Yeah, possibly. You know? yeah. The little mm. snippet we heard, I think it's the drums sound really cool. Mm. basically I guess tribute to Clive just playing really well and then like a set yeah. of, of good microphones and not too much EQ or mixing I wouldn't think no it's pretty much what he sounds like when he plays And what can you say about this intro it's uh, yeah, dare I say laughable the intro riff what would you say on that I like the intro the intro is my intro's my favorite bit of the thing yeah? <laughs> I to be honest uh, uh,
2: has a very kind of punky kind of feel to it yeah uh, you know, it's it's not like my favorite one of the, you know, it, it, but we're, I'm more curious to, to what you mean by what you what you what you're referring to. What you say?
1: Yeah, I mean, not really that I I don't like it. It's just very funny, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's and then, and then the tail of it, <laughs> you know, it's. Uh, kind yeah, of but a, I mean, continue. that's the
0: thing with the song because it's it's just going on and on and on and on with all these. Mutations of that kind of thing uh when you have the bits after the chorus you know it never stops <laughs> yeah. it just goes on yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right
1: yeah you hear it a bit now right eric when we sing the <laughs> at least like they, yeah, they yeah, yeah, are they are That. and i mean no. imagine maiden doing this live now
2: no but i would I, that's what that's my first my first thought when we just heard this little bit is i can't imagine it, it just wouldn't fit now yeah exactly uh I mean, it'd probably be almost as, uh, and I I love using this word in this podcast as Mm. ill advised
0: (laughs) as perhaps, uh, if they were
2: to like play, you know, burning ambition now almost.
0: Yeah. but I mean, they did play it on the first few gigs on the early days tour in 2005. Really? Yep. Yeah.
1: That's news to me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I was so gutted that they didn't play it when I saw them in Gothenburg because then they have dropped it from the setlist. Uh, mm. Because I just, I just wanted to hear it. it was you know ticking the box really?
1: Yeah, rare. yeah. Mm. uh
0: And it's, I mean, it's not. It doesn't sound bad. I mean, there are audience recordings from Prague or whatever. Mm-hmm. And but it's, yeah, I can, t- I can sort of see why they took it away. As a song, it doesn't. It's really sitting there being really strange they didn't even play killers on that tour no but they have played no. that they played that fairly recently at that point uh, point 99, 99.
1: 99. Yeah. but mm-hmm. that, that like they rarely played it i think still think it's because it's not as good with bruce but i'm not sure on that one uh, it could be either maybe they they want to save up on paying royalties to to diano yeah. i have no clue
0: no but, uh, i just think it's a matter of they have so many good classic songs to choose from as well and they just forgot about it
1: yeah. Just, yeah, I mean it probably yeah. I
0: mean it would be great if they played killers but I'm happy they did play drifter and Other, and another life
1: and yeah. murders and in the no. room mm-hmm. Org. So. yeah of course murders yeah. in the room mm-hmm. Org, that's that's the kind of the big the big one even yeah. opening opening the set which is very sticking to traditions because they yeah. did that even on uh, beast on the road right they still yeah. open yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm. so it's a very classic opener
2: so how many how many gigs did they end up on the 2005 tour did they end up doing sh- uh, Doing the song holiday. I mean, it can have been many, can no,
0: it? No, I'm, I'm sure it's only like I was going to say a handful, but maybe two, three. I don't know. I, I might have known at some point, but I don't now. So I'll, I'll check. I'll check. What set, we're setlist.fm here. .fm could perhaps enlighten mm. us.
1: Yeah, that's um, that's what I'm going ahead. And yeah. So they probably tried it and didn't like yeah. how it came out, as they do sometimes, you know. Lonelylands of the long distance runner being another exactly. example.
0: Yeah, and. They did Don't Look to the Eyes of a Stranger in 98 in mm. France wow. Or whatever. <laughs> wow, that's not a good song.
1: No, well, <laughs> I guess you'll get to that as well. <laughs> yeah, it's coming fairly soon, yeah. Wow, yeah. it's not a good so song. I, 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 was,
2: I was looking, what, what song did you say? I missed that. Uh, Don't Look uh, to
0: the Eyes of a Stranger. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, oh,
2: yeah. Uh, okay. Not awesome. No. Uh, well, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll discuss it in a few weeks. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see here.
1: Uh, one, two... Yeah, I think it was just two. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, then it was surely like they did it once and it didn't really work for them. And then they gave it the benefit of the doubt. Let's try it one more time. And then everyone probably agreed unanimously. I I would imagine, like, nah. Yeah. And I mean, it was the same
0: thing. It was sort of the same thing with Stranger in a Strange Land on the Ed Hunter tour as well. They did play it in Canada on the first gigs. Mm. And then it was dropped. So so basically,
2: they got it in Prague and. That's kind of it. Oh, Poland as well.
1: Yeah. Okay. In, mm-hmm. um, in Stranger, I think it, it's a hard tempo for them. It doesn't sit in the natural maiden tempo. It's like different from any other song in, in, the, yeah. in the rhythmic feel of it. So I think it's that definite. it feels weird for them probably to do that. Yeah. And maybe this would be a similar case, but almost opposite. Like this very stressed. It has a super stressed uh, rhythmic. Vibe to it. But I think, it? I think you, you, it's yeah, but, also kind of maybe like risk versus rewards.
2: Because if you play, if you were able to get through strangers, then you played Stranger in the Strange Land, an amazing song. Best case scenario, if you're able to pull off Charlotte the Harlot, you've just played Charlotte the Harlot. So <laughs> <that's>, yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, but on the other hand, imagine Charlotte the Harlot with Nico's drums. It's not going to have yeah. that stressed thing. It's going to be a lot more laid back, dry, pushy. You know, mm,
1: yeah. you know. Interesting point. Actually, mm. I would like to hear that. I, I got it here. Oh yes, listen. Yeah, yeah. All right, here we go. It's it's, it's not going to sound great,
2: but yeah. Well, mm-hmm. uh, let's see here, just so we get an idea what what's going on. Yeah. You ever been to the East End of London, anybody? Yeah. Anybody ever been to Twenty Two Acacia Avenue? That's not fair. He made them think he's going to play that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but before we found out about Twenty Two Acacia Avenue, we found out about this guy. a bit slower a little slower yeah Yeah. listen to the chorus,
1: then we can... Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think this is a solid performance.
2: Iris, right? <laughs> yeah. All right, well, anyway. <laughs> <Yeah. not> that. <laughs> I think,
1: uh, save that one so we can listen to the solo later. That would be fun, too, but not oh, now. Oh, yeah, that's, a, yeah, that's yeah, and that's a, that's a curious thing, because I actually think Yannick played it. In oh, 2005, really?
0: so they had <laughs> yeah, Dennis, Dennis Stratton on the album. Adrian played it on. They did the re-recording in '88. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Adrian played it there, and then Janik plays it
1: live. Played it live now. So, wow. Yeah, I was gonna say that um, I um, I realized as we listen to this one that they. I was thinking, is this the first time I hear with Bruce? But obviously, yeah, they did the Charlotte '88.
0: Yeah. Thing. Oh yeah, they did that, yeah. Yeah, for the
1: B-side, so I've heard that, and I, I don't like those 88 versions, to be honest, it's not no, nice. No, I thought
0: they were very, very lame. I don't know, lame is not the correct word. They were very,
1: sort of, not very dull. Is it fair to say they were ill-advised? <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps, I don't know. I wouldn't say, not properly ill-advised, because I like when bands do re-recordings. It's an interesting thing. I mean, thing. yeah, I know, but I, I, just to re- I just wanted to do that. because yeah, I we, I mean, that. we don't say it enough, actually. We, we did say it for a few episodes straight, but then we we almost dropped it, so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: But, yeah, it's interesting that they ha- this song hasn't really disappeared then. You know, it's almost, like, alive, at least on life support.
0: Yeah. But well, I guess it, it's part of the early Our Maiden folklore very much, you know, Charlotte and the theme with the... Mm-hmm. You know the album covers and the girls undressing behind the curtains and stuff like that. So, and Twenty Two Orchard Avenue, and then uh, From Here to Eternity, that references Charlotte as well. So,
1: yeah, I guess it's uh, part speaking of, that. of speaking of that yeah. saga. If, if we go a little bit gossip press here, what do you think it's actually about? What's what's the story? Because this is a Dave Murray single uh, single solo solo credit song. And so he wrote the lyrics and he never did again, I think. And what is it really about? Because his background with this skinhead era and when he was regimental and all that and got into street fights, did he actually fall in love with a, a prostitute? Is it as simple as that?
0: I mean, there are various stories about this song because this is one of the songs that the early, the uh, 1977 vocalist Dennis Wilcox uh, mm. made a lawsuit against Steve Harris and well, Iron Maiden or Steve Harris, I don't know, for claiming to have written parts of, of Prowler, Charlotte the Harlot, Prodigal Son, I guess, as well, which is possible. I mean, we will never ne- really know that. Hmm. And when he has some kind of idea, he mentions that Charlotte was based on a, you know, of, of someone he knew, and then Steve came in and changed the lyrics a little bit. So I, I don't know, because I think it's been more or less concluded that the song is a Steve- Steve Harris, Dave Murray song when it comes when it comes to the court case.
1: Mm, okay, yeah, because uh, it's credited to only Murray, Murray. So I thought yeah, maybe he mm. wrote it with Wilcock. You know, yeah, as a yeah, typical songwriting setup, a guitarist and a singer. Yeah. But they also had like a triangular, a triangle drama. Is it the same in English? You know, when two guys are onto the same woman and troubles follow. I think they had such a. a I guess
0: I guess there must have been that kind of thing going on that they were all involved in the song somehow.
1: Yeah, and then Murray leaves Maiden for a bit. Yeah, with exactly. The, uh, with this, uh, you know, uh, referring to, to women issues with, with Wilcock.
0: And apparently they sh- they have they did try, try, I don't know, try. Apparently they did play the song with Urchin because he did go back with Adrian and play in Urchin after he left Maiden there in 76 or 77, something mm. like that. Uh, I don't know. This is just something I've read somewhere. I don't know if it's any grain of truth to it.
1: So it's kind of a mess, this song.
0: <laughs> you know? it, 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 I mean, its genesis is quite messy, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, I, I, I guess that's the case with a lot of the early songs. You're never yeah. really going to know because... And I don't, I, don't, I don't know why Dennis Wilcock, Wilcock comes now in, or in 2018 and makes this claim. I mean, he should have made it when the album was released. I don't know why he brings it up now. It's really...
1: Running out of uh, rent money. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Something like that. Mm. Um, so what do, you, what do you guys think of the first record? Because for me, it's been like, when I first bought it, I didn't like it. It didn't like, you know, you're used to the fat production of Brain New World and even Number of the Beast. And then I heard that one and it was just thin and scrapy and weird. But it's come to be always in my top five. I really like the first first mm. record.
0: I, I never really thought about the production of it when I... When I was a kid, when I when I bought it, it was the, actually the last album I I bought. Uh, how do you, how would you say it? retrospectively, if you if yeah. you will? So uh, and I haven't actually listened too much to it because I was too used to the live versions of the songs, and I did like I did like the live versions of "Running Free" and "Remember Tomorrow" a lot more. So it's basically and it's basically Transylvania, Strange World, and uh, Charlotte the Harlot that's been the least listened to songs for me. But Strange World is such a good song that I have gone back to it from once in a while.
1: I really like the way the album flows. And for me, without Sanctuary, I think Sanctuary is a good song, but I don't think it fits well. I I like to head straight into Remember Tomorrow Mm. after Prowler. And the the A side is really strong, you know. Prowler, Remember Tomorrow, Running Free, and Mm. Phantom of the Opera. I think it's pretty much a perfect A side. The B side, it it can be discussed, you know. What what are we going to say, Eric?
2: Yeah, I mean, their A-side is, I mean, is, yeah, pretty top-notch, mm-hmm. yeah, I'd say. Strong stuff. That's uh, too bad they don't, you know, bust out. like uh, I You know, I, I mentioned before that they, they essentially only play, they only have one of these songs in their regular sort of uh, live rotation. There, there wasn't any sort of, um, I didn't mean that necessarily reflect, you know, what I think the quality of the record in, in general, but uh, like, because I think there's, I mean, they, they play Iron Maiden, you know, every gig, yeah, they they, they yeah. always do that one. But I pre- I prefer, I mean, I, I like Remember Tomorrow and even F- in Phantom of the Opera a lot more than I like that song. Mm. Uh, yeah, and Prowler. I, I don't imagine we're going to hear Remember Tomorrow again. Or well, you never know, I guess, but...
1: I wasn't lucky enough to catch that one, but I did see Phantom of the Opera on the Made in England. Oh, yeah. Mm. And that was, you know, that was uh, something I needed to see, you know. Yeah. I sleep better because this happened. <laughs> 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 yeah, I mean, I yeah, probably my favorite song actually, "Phantom of the Opera." is so good, mm. but we're not on that one yet, and uh, no, we're you know, we're, we're taking our time a little bit to discuss the first record because I looked at our itinerary and realized that we're not gonna touch this first, uh, you know, the self-titled, in a while, because we'll we'll touch it briefly on "I" with that track that you just mentioned, Iron Maiden, but then all of them mm. are like P R S T, you know. Mm. Sorry, it's a late one, but yeah. then you know, good things comes to those who keep podcasting.
2: Yes, <laughs> and indeed, listening to podcasts. Yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, hmm. I mean, the
2: uh, I was going to say lyric wise, uh, I, I haven't analyzed it too much. I mean, I've you know, it's it's for me. Like on our very first episode, we discussed Twenty Two Acacia Avenue, and I sort of had a theory there that kind of is sort of my theories for this as well because. I mean, there's probably there might be some bits in it that might be kind of you know autobiographical in s- some way, but a lot of it sounds like it's written by someone very young who doesn't really have a lot of life experience. So it's, it has a sort of a naive kind of quality to it. Definitely. Uh, whereas, know. but it's more so in twenty two because I think in that one it's just literally someone who has a very theoretical knowledge of brothels but has has no real experience of them and just sort of you know went with that. Uh, this one is maybe a little bit more. You know, you, uh, you know, it's harder to pin down if that's the case here, yeah. but mm-hmm. it could
1: be because you know they're. This one feels like um, more like um, a guy that discovered this scenario rather than the scenario of going to a brothel. But they discovered a scenario: what if a man was, you know, broken down by falling in love with a prostitute or something like that? Uh, That's Mm -hmm. the vibe you get, especially from the the British part, right? With uh, Charlotte, you left me standing there and and all that stuff. When he gets really sad, you know,
2: yeah, Mm -hmm. the song
1: takes a sad turn, and it's really. I remember as a kid that I felt that it was a really weird mood change from. Punky, upbeat into that yeah. uh, kind of Led Zeppelin breakdown or whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it, but also I mean it's a redeeming quality of the song maybe that it has that little stick, you know?
2: Yeah, yeah. But also you know you you can also it's you know it's it's fairly. Uh, I was just thinking now because of the idea about the, uh, if it you know um, that you know some of the some of the bits might be you know things are from their own lives that a lot of it could just be. Um, you, know, you make up a story. A lot of stuff he's, you know, they've written. Even, even though, there, even there, maybe they have metaphors for stuff that's happened to him. A lot of it's just, you know, it's that's what you do as a, you know, songwriter. You can make, you can, you can make up a story that might necessarily, you know, be about you or your life. Like for instance, I'm pretty sure David Bowie wasn't actually an astronaut. Uh, yeah, he did that, much. But, or, or there's, there's, I remember I see a tweet, a, a tweet from a comedian who wrote that. Either Justin Bieber has been nothing, uh, been in nothing but long committed relationships since he's eleven, or he's been lying to us. Yeah, uh, because yeah, right. meaning that his songs are just about one thing, and the guy was like fourteen when he started recording, songs.
1: Yeah, and that's fine too, of course. You know, you know I, I like to think of it as often being portraits of people or portraits of situations. You know. Yeah, yeah. And, that, and that's yeah. Basically rather than
0: what I think it is.
1: Yeah, yeah, rather than autobiographical. But then we mm-hmm. have all that yeah. gossip of you know with the women trouble, Will and all that. Yeah, so it kind of feeds into it. And also the strangeness of it being credited to Murray only—that's mm. mm. also there's something strange about that. It only happened once. It's really weird when you look in the booklet. I remember even as a kid, like, okay, he wrote that one alone. Yeah, hmm.
0: yeah, it's really—I mean, ap- ap- apparently the music is more or m- more or less his, and that's why he could take it, bring it to Archie as well if he did. But mm, okay, uh, I don't know. Maybe that sort of him trying to emulate Steve Harris's. Writing, and that's why it turns out so angular in a way.
1: Yeah, quite angular. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. there's also, I'm not going to play it because it's more fun with the video to it, but there's also a version of a fairly old Polliano completely ad libbing the whole song. He's, like, mm. he's forgotten all the lyrics. Yeah, but the funny or, or part is that they they put subtitles on it, it's more fun he, that way.
0: He's,
1: so. he's just growling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's almost like fake English. You know, as a Swedish kid making your first attempts (laughs) at like being a rock singer and you're faking English like (laughs) a (laughs) rock and roll, it's
0: it's a bit it's a bit like no, uh, where I'm digressing, but it's a bit like Bruce Dickinson where he forgets the lyrics to "Murders in the Rue Morgue" on his first gig in Bologna in '81, Mm -hmm. and the verses are very. Wordy and he just wait about the battle of bay, blick, 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 the high <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs>
1: I, I, it's hard, you know. And he's got a lot on his mind at that point.
0: Yeah, I, I just thought about Charlotte the Holland musically. It's quite curious because there's not really a, a drum beat in the chorus. It's always it's, it's all this snare thing going on. I don't know if that's been going on a lot in uh, Maiden songs.
1: Yeah, I'm n- I have no clue either. It's it's a strange thing to do. It's kind of yeah. uh, primitive, I would say. A primitive yeah. method. Should we listen to the um, the chorus and maybe the solo bit from that live thing you found, Eric? Sure.
2: All right. So yeah. I'll just continue where uh, you want yeah. to do it from the second chorus, I guess. <laughs>
0: He's messing up the lyrics totally.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I could kind of see why they dropped it actually. Because it felt more and more lackluster the more I heard of it. Like they weren't really into the song, or the song wasn't into them. I don't know. <laughs> it yeah. Didn't yeah, really something dry. was not
0: working, obviously, that's yeah. The... And Bruce didn't... He, he messes up the lyrics totally. Totally!
1: And they to skipped the coolest part. The drill thing, they, they skipped it. But they,
0: yeah, they skipped the drill, but they did the, the part, didn't they?
1: Or... Yeah, the chords, yeah, they did the chords on the lyrics, yeah. but uh, mm. less cool, I would say.
2: Yeah. Definitely, definitely. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, they probably did the right thing dropping it, but like you, Henrik, I would have loved to hear it, of course, but I would have loved to hear, been able to hear things like um, the apparition live as well, so, you know. Yeah, well, no one has. Which one would you hear, (laughs) uh, both of you, apparition or this one? This one. This one. Yeah, same here, same here. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) No one here can you see me? Oh, well. Yeah.
2: No, we cannot, nor do we want to.
1: No. (laughs) (laughs) No, (laughs) that's right. What can we say? No, I mean,
2: I mean, I, th- I think there's, there's probably a, you know, a minimal chance this might, at some point, be brought out. Just for, you know, maybe, like, if I do, like imagine, maybe, I can imagine, like, maybe on, at some point, they might do, a, like, you know, if they did a show where they played the whole first album or something like that, they could do that. Mm. I, I can't imagine the scenario that would lead up to them playing The Operation Live.
1: <laughs> no. I mean, not even the whole first album. I don't think, I don't see it as a Maiden-type move to do that particular one, maybe Uh, Number of the Beast or Peace of Mind or or Power Slave, but not even, you know, it's not really what they do. Unless it's a brand new album, then they might do it once or twice, you know? Yeah. Uh, Charlotte the Harlot, list material Mm. or not? No. Nope, nope. It's a no from me as well. We kind of, we have to weed some songs out, right? And it's so clearly not going to go on the final list anyway. There's mm. so much
2: stuff that needs to go on there, and this is just not one of. It's this this yeah. not,
1: yeah, it's not going on there. No, mm. <laughs> it's just not. Uh Anything else on it, Henrik? You have anything?
0: Uh, not No, not really. No, not I here either. So.
1: Uh, this even the solo, it's not that much to talk about. Uh, apparently, as you said, it's been switched around from guitarist to guitarist, and never actually Dave. So he kind of gave the gave, <laughs> gave away the solo in his yeah. song, but uh, mm. which is a gentleman move, I think. You know, why not? Mm. Uh, mm. Smith does that sometimes—that he gives the the big solo to Dave in some of I think Dave has two solos in Flight of Icarus, for example. Yeah, mm. if I recall. But yeah, that's where we are, and we're we're heading uh, headfirst into another song, which is also a deep cut. Indeed,
2: and this is probably slightly even uh, slightly deeper of a cut, I'd say, if I'm if I've not if I've not misunderstood what we're doing. Yes, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, uh, it should it's be Childhood's End
1: at this point, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. We're back on Fear of the Dark again.
2: <laughs> we, we okay, really... well actually, to be fair, I did misunderstand what was going on then, so yes. <laughs> <but> yes, <laughs> you did, alright.
1: <laughs> it's, it's still incredibly deep though, isn't it? Yeah. Childhood's yeah. End. We're back on Fear of the Dark again. It's so often, okay. but as mm-hmm. we said last time, 12 songs, so it's more likely to come up than, for example, the self-titled or you know, Summer in Time. you know. Mm. It's just more likely. And uh, here we are again. But this song it's quite interesting to me. I have a few points on it, but since I already do, maybe I want to send it over to you for your, your initial comments on it.
0: Yeah, this song was actually when I first got the album, when it was released. I had heard the Be Quick or Be Dead, the single. And then this was the first song that I sort of liked on the album. I felt it, I knew it was very different, and I felt it was very different, but I sort of liked the difference the differenceness of it. Yeah. Uh, not sure I agree with my 17-year-old self now, but that's not the point, because it was a song that stood out on the album for me.
1: Yeah. Uh, and it is quite weird for a
0: Maiden song, I'll say.
1: It is. Uh, Would you think? It, do you think it's double-tracked drums in this one? I think it is. Like, it's Like two drum tracks. In I've in never
0: listened for that kind of thing. Because it's this
1: huge tom sound that goes throughout the, kind of throughout the verse, or maybe it's throughout the chorus actually. It's it's, it's in the intro.
0: This is also a weird chorus, you have only the tom playing. Yeah. It's, I mean, really strange.
1: It sounds really huge, almost like they had a different tom sound for that particular part, you know, maybe not in pre, but in post for sure, something to make make it really like orchestral. And I think it locks in pretty cool with the the no hope, no life thing. Mm -hmm. In the chorus, it's a, it's a it's an interesting cut. I would say it stands out. It's a very different song. What do you think, Eric? Yeah.
2: I mean, I um, yeah, uh, it's 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 kind of difficult. It's kind of weird because I I, I sort of changes what how I feel about this. Um, I, I don't mind it. I kind of, I do kind of. It has its charm. I I uh, like the chorus is kind of different for them. I'd say. Uh, so I, I it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I completely. I, I was in the. I was checking. I was <laughs> looking to see if they played it live. But apparently, they have not. Nope. Um, not not surprising. Uh, really, unfortunately, but it, that could be really cool if they had brought that yeah. out live. I imagine it's one of those songs I'd probably like more if I've heard if I got a chance to see it live. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I imagine, the, I imagine the chorus would be very. But yeah. it's also
1: a production number. It's hard to do it live. Uh, speaking like from from the technical perspective, to make the toms sound this epic in the chorus because obviously you have a more of an attacking tom sound normally, when you just play a fill in another song. And here they mm. have this huge body. But I think they could do it. And funnily enough, the, the current live engineer uh, used to uh, be an engineer for Justin Bieber. <laughs> Before oh, the J- show. Sure. Yeah. Because they had Dog Hall for for the, for the longest time. He was in yeah. there forever, you know, kind of like a big Mick in Metallica. Um, also with that cross-Atlantic corporation thing going on, but the other way around. Uh-huh. And uh, I think he went into pension, and then they got this guy that used to work with Justin Bieber, among others. And uh, he's he really, probably knows what he's doing, though. he's but. so good. Yeah, he's so good. I have to say, he's better than Dog Hall, and I really dig the way Dog Hall worked. But uh, they have an excellent live sound now, so yeah. uh, you know, long point short, it would be good live now, probably, to do Childhood's End. I think they could find a nice balance for, for this chorus, but it's a bit tough. I think it wouldn't have sounded great on Donington, but most things didn't, so... No, yeah, I was about to say that yeah. it was...
0: <laughs> it, would, it would be very interesting if we could have the six Iron Maiden guys here and just drop the name of the tune and see if any one of them can hum it. Right. I am not sure they can. I th- think Steve might
1: be able to recall it. And it's fun. Bruce might remember the chorus bits, but... It's funny that you say this because we haven't heard the episode that's going to be out uh, this Friday that we recorded with Fateme from Iran, but we had the exact same thing going regarding Chains of Misery.
0: Yeah, and I bet okay. that
1: I bet that uh, less than half the band could remember that tune today. Well, I don't. I'm not sure. I don't Even think that, they could remember yeah. it. They couldn't recall it. And same with Childhood's End. You know, these songs are probably buried for these yeah. guys. you know more so than us nerds. Obviously, we we keep on. Mm. Digging Mm. through the catalog, but they don't really do. I mean, it's kind of similar with Paul McCartney. When he gets these nerdy questions, he's like, yeah, there are fans, many fans that know this. You should ask them. (laughs) I have Mm. no clue. You know, the years Mm. kind of blend up for me or mix up. He's always on to the next thing. And I imagine Bruce and Steve would be similar, but maybe Steve a little bit more uh, sentimental than Bruce. Probably. But that's me guessing.
0: Possibly. Yeah. I don't know.
2: I kind of have like this is maybe just me having fun with the the having fun with an idea, but I imagine that almost every song is possibly someone's favorite song.
1: Right? Yeah, Uh, I thought about that. Might not be the case with like not in the band, but uh, not among the fans. Right?
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm.
2: So it's so it's amazing that you have the the uh, sort of the you so you'd have two people or even more people connected via a song. Say someone who wrote it. And someone who who loves it, and the, you know, for one person it might be their you know it's their favorite song it means so much to them, and the other the guy who wrote the thing might not remember it. Right, yeah. and that can be it's, mm. it's it's kind of weird. It's kind of funny. I mean, I don't know, I don't know if that's the case. I have not met anyone who's mentioned this song ever, uh, in in that kind of context. Uh, but you know, you never know. It's someone a cool might be point. Out there.
1: Yeah, it's a cool point, and it kind of you know points at music taking its own life. After mm. it's been released, right? It, it yeah. completely takes off. Um, the band is no longer really that responsible. I think after the song is released, it's like, in a way, it's common property. But then, of course, we have law and everything that you know surrounds mm. it. But the song, in a way, it's set free, right? It can it can become someone's favorite uh, during the time or after the time where the the author of the song forgot it. It's mm. an interesting point.
2: Well, you know, when you release the song, you know, it might mean something to whatever the whatever the initial you know uh, uh meaning of behind the behind the lyrics are you know goes out in the world and then maybe maybe it means something else to someone else and it becomes that for them and then you know so it's, it's, it's in a way as soon as you sort of do let it out of the box it can become all kinds of different things that
1: were never the original intention yeah yeah you know? mm. let's let's play a bit of the intro because it's a cool part i think yes I think it's a killer intro, actually. It has a little I bit like, of that,
2: uh, I like the intro, yeah. Seventh Son callback. Very...
0: Okay, I was going to say it's a very s- 90s Maiden melody.
1: That's true, actually. It has that kind of prairie vibe to it. But, uh, you know, the... That thing. Yeah. The very, it's quite a, kind of grand, I think. But uh, maybe it's not yeah, really but... a full Seventh Son callback or anything, but it has that kind of mm. grandiose vibe to it, I think. Mm.
0: but it's interesting that what you say about if the drums are dubbed or not I mean I wasn't able to tell listening to when you played it back but I mean it requires that Steve is very tight with the drums with his bass sound for that thing not to sound very messed up you know and I think it sounds rather precise doesn't it yes (laughs) it does (laughs) yeah Yeah,
1: definitely definitely yeah and that's what I thought now when listening back to it that it would be Quite hard live because there is no instrument that is doing the pulse. You know? No, because Un- there's
0: no bass drum or anything. It's just the p- tom, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. so yeah. kind of
1: everyone is playing melodically in a sense. You know, everyone. Mm. I, I mean, Stephen and, and, uh, and Nico has this pattern, which is kind of a beat, but it's also almost like a melodic beat. Or it doesn't have a, a hi hat going with it or anything no. like that, right? Or a snare. Mm. So it's it's kind of in the air, and I believe that could be hard live.
0: I think it is because. In, uh, ba- not back in the day, but when they've done songs that have proven to be t- t- have weird pulses of sorts, they've always had Nico doing you know t- 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 or something, hi hat playing something right. with it. I mean, yeah. Passion Day was notoriously difficult for them to get right with all the stops and all the th- things starting again. So, mm-hmm. because there's no r- pulse really when you're going to play the syncopated, you know. So yes. I guess I guess that's your... I mean, I see your point with it not being e-
1: easy to play. More and, of a production number, I would say. But uh, yeah, again, mm. today I think they could do it, because today they are really good at just doing pretty much anything yeah. on stage. You know, that sounds like Maiden. I just found um, a cover band to do it
2: live. Okay, could be interesting. Want to he- mm-hmm. hear a bit of that? Sure. Yeah. I have no idea how this sounds. The band is called Iron Trooper. <laughs> <laughs> so it's better than
0: it's better than the maiden the maiden
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah let's see here all right iron trooper
0: oh they
2: got backdrops and everything
0: Yeah. Same horrible (laughs) sin.
1: It wasn't bad. Not bad. No, no, not at all. Props to Iron pro- Trooper. That,
2: that yeah. probably sounded better than they would have done it when they, if they did it in 92. I am I sure so. they w-
0: did. Because <laughs> wow. Maiden in 92 was not a precise affair at all. No. no.
1: Yeah, we, have, we, we, we have three we, live albums to prove that. <laughs> yes. We, we already tried that a bit on on this show, right? We already listened a bit to yeah. it. And uh, yeah, that was pretty much held together as, as good as you can. Yeah. I'm impressed yeah, yeah. by I mean, Iron Trooper.
0: Mm. I thought they were really good. Yeah. Good, good. Good job the vocals as well.
2: Yes. The only the only thing, only thing that annoyed me was that the other, the the one lead guitarist, the guy playing the comparison, uh he, he added a pinch harmonic to the end of every uh <laughs> yeah. thing like you know that doesn't need to be there. Mm. Typically well, you do going to do what you want but it, it kind of becomes not a cool trick if you do it every time at the end of every kind of I don't know. Who knows? Whatever. Typical guitar guitarist tick,
1: you know. Well, I, I used to do that too when I was yeah. younger. Can't help yourself. Anyway, yeah. Mm. Well, they prove they have proven that you can play this song live, you know, at least. And they yeah. had some synth there in the background. Let's see well. if
2: they got a because that I was kind of impressed. Let's see if they got. Let's see if I can do a bit of a. Yeah, so they, they're uh, they're on Facebook. Want to go if you want to if you want to like it. I will put a link up in the in the thing because that was that was, that was that was pretty cool. So I think they should get mm-hmm. some.
1: Yeah, I, can, I like that. Yeah, yeah. and uh, we could look at lyrics obviously on this song. Let's do that. It's it's kind of going with the overall fear of the dark thematic, I would say. Yeah, it is. kind of a darkened world uh, with troubles on the horizon, you know, with uh, Mm. starvation and, uh, you know, HIV coming in. There's there's a proper HIV song on it, right? Uh, uh, Is it uh, Fear is the Key? key? Yeah. Uh, So this one is maybe not that, but it's kind of... Uh, to me has a similar vibe to it this kind of um yeah, the world is going to shit basically is what he's saying mm. in the song and uh who is who is the the author of this song
0: it's a steve song isn't it i think steve so solo, me, yeah. yeah well
1: you got you got the i got the booklet here but they didn't print it i'll, I'll find it hold on one second uh oh, here here in the start they did it's a harry solo credit yeah yeah All right, uh... So it's kind of going towards this Grandpa Harris in a way, you know, like blood on the world's hands or something Mm. like that, that he's he's seeing a world that he's frankly afraid of, I guess, in the way it develops and maybe the way it doesn't develop, I guess, in the same Mm. way. Again,
2: I haven't haven't analyzed the lyrics too much on uh, most of the songs in this album, uh, I'll have to admit. like you, yeah, like for instance, I, I wasn't, I wasn't aware about fear as the key being about the HIV thing until you told me that, because uh, I just hadn't really deep dived into
1: the lyrics on this one. Mm-hmm, okay, much yeah. The other. Mm. No, it's it's kind of straightforward. You see it in their faces, the sadness, in their tears, the desperation, and the anger, um, sadness, and the fear, or madness and the fear rather. Mm. No hope, no life, no pain, just fear. No food, no love, just greed is here. So it's it's not advanced stuff, really. Uh, no. But it, it, it tackles, I guess, these big, dark topics of uh, of where where the world is going.
2: Yeah. A, yeah, like you said, I think there's a
1: lot of that on those. The agonies of all-out war, when will it come again? Uh, kind of addressing that uh, is probably going to be a recurring thing to happen, yeah. you know. There's not going to mm. be one war to, to end them all or anything like that it's uh it's a depressive song I guess mm. yeah, it's,
0: it's, it's
2: also um it's also apparently I, I don't think it has anything to do with this but uh, there's a book by Arthur C. Clark called childhood's end
1: yeah probably
2: just Nick the title you know I
0: mean it's, probably, it's yeah it's a it's a phrase childhood's yeah, end of course
1: yes. yeah that's yeah. also the thing yeah mm. like, uh, the, the age of innocence is fading like an old dream same message childhood's end In a way, I think maybe Child of Zen does it slightly better than Age of Innocence. Better, better song. I I kind of, I kind of like the song. I think it's a pretty good song. I guess it's just that it it doesn't cement itself somehow. You know, it's never on the top of your mind. No, no.
0: Even though it was the first song that I actually that caught my interest on Fear of the Dark, it's the song that I'm sort of. I, I had when when you played back the played it back now. I just sort of it came back to me. Oh yeah, that's how it started and ended and went
1: yeah so hmm. it's a pretty good uh, it sounds good too i think it's a good sounding album for the most part i'll have to listen to it and i can come back to you on that <laughs> <laughs> good sounding album good mix uh, hmm. it sounds cool uh, like bruce said in we listened to bruce talking about that how they kind of tried to put some muscle on those bones yeah those bones being the the bear scraped production on no prayer and i think they really they succeeded in that regard you know it sounds good a good sounding record but it's too long so the album you get, is you get lost in it. too long yeah
2: mm. well like we discussed last time uh i mean you could probably remove several songs and you he wouldn't be missing anything really i mean like you could probably trim it down by at least like three or four songs and then then you're back to the length of a sort of a standard classic era kind of yeah uh album yeah which probably they should have done
1: yeah, I usually take away three songs. I already said which in last episode, yeah, From mm. Here to Eternity, The Apparition, and The Weekend Warrior. And then I'm kind of happy with what's there. Even though, you know, yeah. chains of Misery is not a great song, but it could be a filler. Fugitive is a pretty decent mid-track as well. Uh, you know, if it's nine or eight songs on it, it's a pretty good album. Not too bad. You know. Sequencing is what hurts. Fear of the Dark, it's, I think. It's terrible yeah. sequencing.
0: And it's an interesting thought. If an album gets better, if you drop songs from it, yeah, I mean, yeah, possibly. I can't really. See. I I I'm not too updated on Fear of the Dark, so I don't really remember all the songs. But uh, I would
1: say it for Fear of the Dark. I would say it for um, Book of Souls as well. Uh, mm. Maybe Final Frontier. Maybe A Matter of Life and Death. All those albums that I kind of counted now, they could all benefit from cutting a song or or three. You know. Mm. What
2: do you think, Eric? I, I don't agree with some of the ones you mentioned, but I, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, yeah, sometimes just because to, it to, 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 to kind of ruins the feel. Like, for instance, like I'm, I think that um, uh, no prayer would benefit from ending on uh, "Bring Your Daughter" rather than "Mother Russia," because yeah. you know I'm not, I've never I really agree. been a huge fan of that song, and you know that's not that "Bring Your Daughter" is the perfect song by any stretch of the imagination, but it, I think it's a better song than
1: "Mother Russia." It'd be a pretty cool bookend to... No prayer, bring it order. Mm. You know, ending with a rocker, starting with Tail Gunner, and then you yeah. have th- those things in between. It still wouldn't be a killer album, but it would be eight songs. Is it nine songs on that one, or is it even 10? Ten? Th- ten. 10 songs. Is it 10? I thought it was nine. Yeah, okay. I just looked at it. No, it says 10. Okay. And it's just 44 minutes. So, but dropping Mother Russia, it would yeah, be 39. Yeah, it's 10, yeah. Mm, it, would yeah. Be th- it would be 39 minutes without Mother Russia. It would be nine yeah. songs. Yeah. And 39 minutes is okay. You know, it's uh, still longer than first couple of albums so
0: yeah but if you're gonna we're not gonna talk about that album now but i mean i don't agree with dropping mother russia if we're gonna drop songs from it drop songs from it but
1: (laughs) some people dig it yeah some Mm -hmm. people like that song it's an interesting one i I keep changing my opinion slightly on it but usually from hating it to not hating it but still not loving it (laughs) to me to
0: me to me it was their stripped down version of the epic when i heard the album i thought I i mean i thought it was well this is this is what would have been Seven Son or Rime of the Ancient Manor if they would have kept to the idea of making the huge thing. But they were all, that's dressed, interesting. In, but yeah. they were all dressed in denims so, and they yeah. wanted to show their amplifiers. So
1: I agree with really you, but happen. I also think that's what annoys me the most about it. It's almost like a tease, you know, like a, yeah. an, a tease of going epic. It's a bit of synthesizer in it and some mm. winterish type, uh, winter Russian melodies that could be on Seventh Son. But it's just... Yeah. It, it, it's just uh, it's a stressed version of it somehow I feel like yeah. I'm feel a bit stressed when I listen to it like it's 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 trying to go to get to go too quickly you know trying to do the full mm. lap, lap in five minutes and yeah we'll get to that one we'll get to that that one. made me yeah. like
2: that, that sort of line of thinking made me like it a little bit more though I gotta
1: say so I gotta revisit yeah? it now yeah mm. so. uh, cool cool I mean that's a nice thing with this band right it's fun to revisit songs that you don't even like yeah and uh, last
2: time I listened to mother Russia I was uh, in St Petersburg that was kind of fun
1: that's cool that's okay. also to why I listen to it obviously but you know yeah. yeah I also visited that city it's an interesting city yeah yeah very cool and yeah childhood's end you know we've we kind of circled it very quickly but what to what to say really you know we've also been on this album a few times so mm. those kind of surrounding things uh, we have touched on and uh, I guess you the main point is the band probably doesn't remember remember this track
2: no Probably not, no. So that's but, where I mean, we I, and it's also kind of like, yeah, I mean, I mean, who knows? I mean, for all we know, it's one, it's one of their secret favorites, and they just wish they could do it, but they haven't done it. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't think that's the case, but you never know. No, yeah, no. Right,
1: right. Uh, anything else on this one, Henrik?
0: I don't think so. I mean, I must say that I actually have re-evaluated it theoretically, now we've been talking about it, but I haven't listened to it properly, so maybe I should do that while... Yeah, and listening this. to the intro, yeah. right?
1: When we listen to the intro, you could hear that it's a it's a strong yeah. intro. It's kind of captivating in a sense.
0: I think the I think the intro is very much what Steve Harris has done since then, basically. Playing something slow and then perhaps playing it a bit faster later. <laughs> <laughs> you so could I, say that. I'm <laughs> I'm could not say impressed by that, but it's just the song in itself. Uh the okay. The structure yeah. and things
1: yeah all right yeah, yeah. Mm. so maybe like we're we're impressed by two different things and that means yeah. that this song still has mm. more than one quality
0: uh, yeah i mean uh,
2: it, do, it does have something I, I can't put my finger on it but I, you know I, I do i do enjoy it um not as much as some other stuff on the album but yes, yeah i see it good
1: pretty, pretty, uh, pretty. i don't think it's going to mm. go on the list though no not really right i, I think no. i know i mean i would i could couple it with some songs that we did put on the list but that means songs that we put on the list that I'm pretty much 100 percent sure they're not going to stay. So uh, you know, let's not overly crowd that list with Childish Zen, because it's obviously not going to stay.
2: Yeah, no, I don't. I think I think there's there's other stuff on this album that uh, that that should go on there, and uh, yeah, this is not one of them. So we'll, we'll you know. get
1: <laughs> But personally, I would give it a three out of five. I wouldn't even yeah, we think did that about... last time. We we, yeah.
2: other, we, we, ra- we rated the song. We could do that this time, too, I guess. We keep doing
0: that.
1: Yeah, I, I wouldn't rate it lo- lower than 3 out of 5. I think it's a solid 3 out of 5 song for me. Just oh, so smack, in, smack in the middle of that grade. Well,
0: yeah. Is 3 out of 5 in the middle, though?
1: No, but I mean... That's in the in the, no, in the middle of <laughs> yeah. what 3 out of 5. Uh, yeah, no, it's not in the middle. It's 2.5. No. But in the middle mm-hmm. of what 3 is, you know, so it could even yeah. be a 3.5 mm-hmm. for me. That's mm. what I mean. Like yeah. I, I quite like the song, but obviously it's not up there with, with even the semi classics. So mm. three, yeah, simple as that. Three. And Charlotte the Harlotte, I would give two. By the way,
0: I, that's I, I
1: agree with both of those actually. So yeah,
0: I agree. I think Charlotte the Harlotte is two, but I'm yeah. This one is probably two or three. I don't know. Yeah.
1: Mm. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we haven't done this rating thing because, uh, frankly, rating no. is is a bit stupid to do, but. It's sometimes. Quite a, It's not. It's not really interesting, is it? No. I mean, but, so maybe, maybe, no. but sometimes you kind of want to just point out uh, how uh, how good is it with that with using that scale. You know, if, if you're kind of if my uh, testimony is ambiguous, you know, I might mm. want to add like I actually mean, yeah, three out of five, pretty good song, even three and, three and a half, perhaps. Mm
2: well I mean also I because ima- that's also a good idea because I imagine there's going to be songs that we all of us legit really like that still won't make the list because of just there's other stuff that's better and you can only fit 50 songs yeah. on that and there's going to be you know you know, there's there's a lot more than 50 songs to get through Yeah. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. so sometimes maybe doing that that case is a good idea but yeah I, guess, I don't know we'll, we'll see if we keep this I guess the rating system but we'll yeah, but mm, I think we
1: can do yeah. it like uh, a bit carelessly a little bit now and yeah. then you know just to clarify I guess and yeah. I also think that's kind of it for, for this week right Yes it is I'd say. I don't think we have anything else. No, not the biggest songs and uh, but I also want to uh, again you know just uh, give a shout out to every listener that's been engaged with the pod lately. We had a really fun time last week uh, with our guest from Iran and uh, you know anyone is uh, welcome to join I think. It's it's fully possible and there's a lot of made maiden knowledge out there. Yeah. yeah, and especially now that
2: we have there's so much um uh, stu- it's it's a lot easier to to do this kind of you know we always record uh, we we haven't recorded in the same room more than a couple of t- twice I think we've done so far yeah like four uh, episodes I think because we did double yeah. episodes but yeah yeah we'll try but but I means the fact that we it's very easy for us to do this remotely so if anyone wherever you are uh, you know you're more than welcome to uh, you know to, to to join us just so just send us an email at uh, maidenazpod is that correct I think yeah. that's correct at gmail dot com. We're also on Facebook at Maiden uh, AZ Pod, or you can join our group, which is a uh, Maiden Friends of the Beast, and also Instagram, Maiden in
1: Right? Yeah, that's it. I think where all yeah. those platforms are kind of growing nicely, organically. And uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, if you don't want to be on the show talking, you know, not everyone wants to record themselves babbling for for an hour. You just write us, uh, and we'll read it. Simple as that. Or join the discussions on. I, I put some polls up now and then, also on. Friends of the It's fun. Just yeah. to see what people think. And it could surprise yeah. you. It also turned around regarding uh, A Matter of Life and Death. Book of Souls caught up to it. So now Book of Souls and A Matter of Life and Death are um, nose by nose in the competition of favorite post-Brave New World an album. That's, that's, that's surprising, but yeah, cool. Yeah. Interesting.
0: W- which, that's el- which album is faring lowest there?
1: Uh, lowest, uh, was it... Dance of Final Death Frontier? Or fi- Final Frontier? I think. Okay, yeah. I can check all that. I think mm. Dance of Death had two votes, <laughs> and Final Frontier just one. Mm. Yeah, that's probably it. What do you think, Henrich? Like, Did you vote? No, you didn't, right?
0: I, I haven't voted because it wouldn't be fair because I haven't really listened to the albums. I mean, right. I have listened up to Dance of Death, and that would be the one I would put there. But it's it's not fair because I should give the others a bit more time.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's not fair considering it would be the only one competing yeah <laughs> <laughs> in a sense yeah so. Book of Souls leading the leading the charge it just got another one because that's the one I would yeah yeah so. yeah we discussed mm-hmm. that it's, it's probably yeah. our favorite since spread new world which is uh, remarkable yeah. in a sense you know it wasn't easy for that that album to find its way onto me I could say I came in very critical
0: and there's a that's a lot of material to go through as well it's a very yeah, long yeah. album
2: yeah it is a very long one I mean you can also I mean we, we'll get to that in a few weeks but I think you could easily knock off nine minutes and you wouldn't even have to even get rid of a single song. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Cool. But More of that later. More of that mm. later. That's it for today. A little bit shorter episode, I think, looking at the clocks. But, uh, you know, we can't do two hours every time. Sometimes it's short and sweet as well. So, yeah, keep in contact. Madeinazpod at gmail.com. Madeinazpod uh, at Instagram. Madein A to Z Friends of the Beast on Facebook. That's it, guys. Yep, till next time. Till next time, up the irons.